0: everybody welcome back to the face-to-face podcast i'm ivy and today we're going to be talking about music streaming and the ethics behind different streaming platforms in this day and age there's a lot that i don't know about this but i do know that i have a spotify account and that's pretty much how i listen to everything but i want to be more conscious about my streaming decisions and understand how those decisions may affect artists So my good friend Cameron Davis is here with me today to share her knowledge and insight regarding streaming and the ethics behind it all. Cam is a junior at Pepperdine, and she is a media production major with a music concentration. She's also the newly appointed director of development at KWVS Radio, and she's the vice president of community relations for PiFi. Thanks for joining me, Cam. Thanks for having me, Ivy. Um. So let's rewind a little bit and start from the beginning. Could you break down what streaming means exactly?
1: Yeah, so um, streaming in a broader sense, I guess, is just um, any music that you can listen to online um, without having to download it. But for the purposes of today, we're going to be talking predominantly about like, a subscription that you pay a fee for to have unlimited access to online music.
0: Mm, Okay. And how long, if you know, how long has streaming been um, a thing and how long has it been accessible just to like average people like us?
1: Yeah. So Spotify was the first large scale streaming service and um, it's based out of Stockholm, Sweden. And it was founded in 2006, launched in 2008, made its official launch in 2008. And it didn't make its way to the U.S. until 2011. But since then, it's pretty much completely dominated the industry.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I was watching a little um, video today on the creator of Spotify, and I had never known anything about him. It's crazy. And I read that there was a previous platform... I forget what it's called, um, Napster. Yes, I think, and it started somewhere around Boston, maybe. So, how did that work? Because I, based on my understanding, they would take music already purchased and just provide it to people so that they could access it for free instead of paying a dollar twenty nine. Is that true?
1: Yeah. So that's that's a lot of the issue. So, so there was a need for streaming because before streaming online and physical music consumption was like pretty expensive. and um, people had to be like pretty picky, you know, like I remember getting iTunes gift cards and carefully planning out what music I wanted to buy with it. And, you know, $20 didn't get you very far. Um, and because buying music was so expensive, people found alternative routes for obtaining music. So Napster which was the early digital music service, allowed people to create shared music folders that were completely free. So artists weren't really being compensated at all, except for the initial purchase. And then piracy became a huge issue and streaming by means of convenience and affordability pretty much eradicated that issue. So now, I guess $10 a month for access to what is the entire digitally published realm of music seems like a pretty small price to pay in comparison to a twenty nine per song that you want to listen to. And it, it is a small price to pay. And I think that's where the question of ethics comes into play. But um, convenience is a huge attraction as well, because it's just a lot easier to have this app on your phone than to like, log on to Napster and. Find friends or find these folders where you can listen to the music on um, your web browser rather than just on your phone
0: mm. and I'm just curious how does Spotify um, survive just based on ten dollars a month whereas before iTunes was getting much more money from us um, are they making very much money or how do they how does that all work
1: so I from what i read about Spotify's profits is that they pretty much break even every year. Um, so I don't know that they're necessarily, I, I don't know if they've ever made a profit in a year, um, but they're, the thing is they're not paying artists very much per stream. So artists get paid like less than a penny per stream. So the top paid artists, so like your pop artists, like Taylor Swift, like Lil Nas X, like whoever's at the top of the charts right now, they get paid 0.007 cents. And it's crazy to me that Spotify only, Spotify and Apple Music, I should say, I, I don't mean to exclude Apple Music, um, but they're paying artists so little, yet they they still aren't making a profit Um, so I think that just goes to show like how they're doing the best that they can, um, with what they've got. I want to say. That's
0: so interesting that they don't make that much of a profit yet. They're the leading streaming platform. Like there's no really other ways that I know of to listen to music unless I'm just out of the loop, but, That's just, yeah, that's crazy. And I guess like what other alternatives are there for artists um, to make money besides putting their music on Spotify or Apple Music?
1: Yeah, so there are are several models for online music consumption. Um, The one that Spotify uses, Spotify and Apple Music... Um, and Tidal, which is Jay-Z's streaming service, they use a pro-rata model. And to best explain this, that just means that, um, so they're paid according to market share. So top artists are paid the 0.007. And pro-rata is pretty much looking at popularity width rather than depth if that makes sense so like how widely an um, an artist or a song is being streamed so how many different people are streaming it rather than like how many times one person is streaming a song so the thing is it doesn't really take different user behaviors into account so like say maybe 5 million people are listening to Lil Nas X's Old Town Road in a day. Five million different people, but they would just listen to it once. And then say, who's a a lesser known artist? Let's say there's another artist whose song is being listened to by 500,000 people, but those people are listening to it five times in a day. So Lil Nas X would still get paid More because his song is being streamed more widely, if that makes sense. Um, So that's the pro-rata model. And then, so there's a service called Resonate, which is a stream-to-own model. And it was created by a musician. His name's Peter Harris. He started the company in 2015. And this one works by splitting the cost of a digital download into several streams, And so after listening to a song nine times, you pay a small amount that increases with each listen. And then after the ninth time, the person owns the song. And so that's one model, not very popular, obviously. And then Bandcamp is another more popular alternative model. Um, And artists are big fans of Bandcamp because they can, they and their labels can directly upload their songs and, Fans can support artists that they love and engage as if it were sort of like a, a social media platform. So unlike Spotify and Apple Music, Bandcamp enables listeners to stream songs, but also allows artists to set a price for their work and listeners can name their own price to own a song. And then, so another alternative to the pro rata model is called the user-centric model, which focuses on a listener's money going directly to the artists that they've listened to and not to the entire pool of musicians whose songs were streamed in a given month. So, for example, if Tame Impala was your most listened to artist in June, that means that your money would go to Tame Impala and not to... Sorry to bring up Lil Nas X again, but not to Lil Nas X, whose Old Town Road is um the most streamed song of 2019 and then there's another called the American Music Library and this is just an idea that people have kind of thrown out there but it's a taxpayer funded streaming service that's basically a library it works just like the public library system where all digitally published music is in this one database and artists would get paid through a stipend where they would get paid at least a penny per stream. And of course, if it was free or theoretically free, um, then more people would be using it and artists would end up getting paid a lot more. But again, that's just an idea and no one knows if anything like that will actually come into fruition, especially while services like Spotify and Apple music are so dominating right now.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Thanks for breaking those different, um, platforms down and ideas. Why do you think Spotify specifically has risen to the top and is just the first
1: choice for everyone? Yeah. Well, I think because they were the first to kind of do it on a large scale and it's, really convenient and it's really cheap. Um, and I mean like Apple music has gained a lot of popularity too, since its initial release and those two kind of dominate the whole game of streaming. They kind of dominate the whole game of music in general. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's just a convenience thing.
0: Mm. How do artists view um, streaming and what's their typical opinion towards it? Because after hearing you talk about um, the different ways that they're compensated based on how many people listen or how many times people listen, that doesn't seem completely fair to me. So has there ever been some sort of uprising amongst artists?
1: Yeah, there there have actually been several uprisings. Um So streaming is pretty often referred to as a necessary evil, so it's a bit of an inevitable trap because if streaming is an option, you're not going to get people to pay full price for your music. And if streaming's not an option, then artists face the possibility of listeners obtaining music illegally without paying anything at all. And an example of a so-called uprising that always comes to mind is when Taylor Swift withheld reputation from Spotify. And not only that, she briefly removed her entire discography from Spotify's catalog. Um, I think because she was just really fed up and didn't think she was getting compensated properly. And she's not the only one to have done this. Um, Several artists have, and a lot of them were some of the top paid artists on Spotify, like Taylor Swift is. So like Adele removed her music at one point, Jason Aldean, um, Prince, but at the end of the day, their music always ends up back on the service because like I said, streaming is a necessary evil. And if artists want people consuming their music and listening to their music, then they kind of have to just go with whatever everyone else, whatever users are, already paying for um otherwise it's going to kind of fall through the cracks or people are going to find ways around paying for it anyway
0: that's just crazy that's wild to me this might be unrelated but I just thought of this where do um record labels come in to all of this and how does that compare to like an independent artist I just genuinely don't know much about the music industry and do you lose a pay cut or compensation when you are with a record label or is that more beneficial?
1: Yeah, so basically for non-independent artists, so artists who are signed to a label, their label is kind of the middleman between the artist and the streaming service. So for every song or album that you put on Spotify or Apple Music, there's a fee that you have to pay um, to have it there. And the labels take care of that fee. But in exchange, they keep a large portion of the streams. Of, of Sorry, they keep a large portion of... Um, The compensation for the streams. So that 0.007 cents, that's not even all going directly to the artist. That's that's split between labels, artists, producers, managers. Um so really it's the number just gets smaller and smaller. And then for independent artists, um, since they're artists who aren't signed to a label they have to go through a music distribution company. So companies like CD Baby or TuneCore. And these companies basically just act, again, as the middleman and as kind of like a substitution for the label. And they'll keep a percentage of the royalties. um, Or TuneCore will just have artists pay a flat fee a one-time fee and then artists get to keep whatever they make off of streaming after that
0: okay that makes sense so what about artists that just upload their things themselves is that possible like I've heard of like the whole bedroom pop genre and to me I always thought that just meant they like made it themselves and uploaded them put it up themselves, like whenever they wanted, but is that
1: entirely true or is there always someone in between? So now there has to be someone in between. Um, I think it was the Music Modernization Act that changed everything. I might have to fact check that, but um, it was about two or three years ago. Um, So independent artists used to be able to just put their music on Spotify without paying a fee. Um, but now they have to go through a distribution service in order to get their music on a streaming catalog.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, so if you are an independent artist, um, what's the best way to go about getting your music to people these days, I guess, I guess that goes for any artist, not just independent. Artists, but what's the best way after talking about all this to really get the most people to hear your music, but also make money because it is your music at the end of the day?
1: Yeah. I I think that Spotify and Apple Music, any streaming service really is still the best way to get your music out there and to get people listening to it. Um is it the most profitable? No. Definitely not. Um, And artists, again, they use platforms such as Bandcamp, which are a lot more profitable for them, but also not as popular. And so I think it's about kind of a variety of things. I mean, artists can put their music on all of the platforms with all the different models and they'll get compensation from Bandcamp, which will be less compensation, but more, I guess it's, it's a better ratio. Um, whereas Spotify and Apple music aren't so much, but Spotify and Apple music offer more quantity of streaming and it just offers an opportunity for more people to hear their music and it widens their reach. So yeah, I, I think that streaming services are kind of inevitable And if artists don't put their music on streaming services, then they're just, they're not really going to be listened to as much as they would otherwise.
0: Do you think there needs to be more awareness amongst people who consume music too? Or do you feel like there's a lack of knowledge?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely a lack of knowledge. Um, I, I feel like most people don't realize just how little artists get paid based on streaming um, or get paid by streaming services. And I think it's really important for people to be aware of it because as I mentioned before, the pro rata model doesn't take those user behaviors into account. So if one person really likes this one band and listens to nothing, but this one band, then they should probably find other ways to support that band. Because again, like, the most popular top 10 artists are the ones that are getting paid the most. So I would say that the best way to actually support artists that you love is to buy their merchandise, buy their t-shirts, buy their vinyl. And that's why the vinyl revival in the recent years has been so cool because artists are able to make more off of physical sales of music and merchandise. Um, and the number of streams needed to generate the same amount of revenue as a t-shirt sale, if you do the math, is nearly 7,000 streams. Wow. Yeah. So merchandise is a huge part of artist livelihood right now. And I think it's important for, um, users and fans to understand that so that they can You know, be buying tickets to shows, be buying T-shirts and, you know, whatever else, whatever other merchandise the artists offer. But um, I think that's the least we can do in the age of streaming where streaming is inevitable and artists aren't getting paid very much from it. I think the least we can do is buy the merchandise of the artists that we truly, genuinely love and want to support.
0: That's good. That's good advice. Also, because this is these artists' livelihoods, how do you think their um, careers have been impacted by the virus? Because obviously there's no shows going on and gatherings. Have you heard anything or read anything that has suggested that these artists are now coming out of this, or are they still kind of riding the wave of the virus and not as many options for? income opportunities?
1: Yeah. Well, now is a really scary and uncertain time for musicians and artists. Um, I actually have a friend who's a guitarist in Austin, and he was supposed to play like six or seven South by Southwest shows. And that's a huge portion of his income. And anyone who is involved with South by Southwest, that's a huge portion of their income. Um, And so whenever they're unable to do live shows, that's a significant detriment to their career and to their livelihood, um, which I think just magnifies the need for alternative support. And, if, uh, streaming hasn't been so affected by coronavirus, but again, streaming's not really their means of of profit or compensation necessarily. I've seen a lot of like donation boxes, especially for music venues, like smaller independent venues, um, so that they can just stay alive. I've seen GoFundMes for bands who are unable to tour right now. Um, but I've also seen people like pumping out more and more merchandise so that when people are home, they can support and buy their products and things. But that's something important to note as well, is that coronavirus has been such a huge curveball to the music industry. And so now more than ever, it's it's so important to find ways to support the artists that you love
0: yeah yeah that's really good just to kind of wrap things up a bit what makes you so passionate about um I guess music streaming ethics and all this knowledge you've been sharing like how have you become so um knowledgeable about it I guess
1: I've just always been a music lover and my mom is a musician and she's always like made me really appreciate music and I want to be involved with it in some way somehow and kind of want to incorporate it into my career. So yeah, I, I've just always been curious about it because I want to make sure that I'm supporting artists that I love because I understand that like, this is their livelihood and like, I want to see them succeed and do well. So I guess that curiosity just sparked a lot of um, questions and I've just done a lot of research on it. And yeah, I've just become really fascinated with the ethics behind the industry, especially since that's something I wanna be involved with because I don't wanna be involved with anything that's unethical. Um, And I wanna make sure that I'm advocating positively for artists and for the industry as a whole.
0: I love that. And I love that I'm your friend and you get to pass this knowledge on to me. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me and coming on, even though we're recording this remotely, but I really enjoyed um, this conversation.
1: So thank you. Yeah, me too. Thanks for all the all the questions. Thanks for having me.